Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. This is Coon Cassius for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. We're in the Matron bubble here for Parker Chisora. Delighted to be joined by an absolute legend in Mr. Roy Jones Jr. Roy, how are you, mate? Doing well. How are you doing? Very well. Not a lot of people ask back how you are. They usually just carry on the conversation. But um, thank you for that, Roy. Thank you. So you've arrived here uh, in Manchester. Chris Eubank is on the bill, makes his return for a very long time, not fighting in the UK. But you've developed a relationship with Chris Eubank Jr. over the years. How did that first start, Roy? It started from a guy by the name of Kevin Newman, who was a gym mate of Chris Eubank's. And Kevin called me in for a fight to work with him. I think Chris picked up on what I was teaching and the fact that I was actually trying to teach Kevin things that they had probably never seen. And uh, I think he was uh, applauded by that and his father called me a couple of days later and said, would you train my son? Of course, I mean, why would I not? Absolutely. Chris Eubank, when he turned professional, had a lot of pressure on his shoulders because of his father. Um, and he's had... Defining fights so far in his career, but we know potentially that there could be so much more from Chris Eubank Jr. Is that a fair statement to make? That is a very fair statement to make. How good is Chris Eubank Jr. in your opinion? He's very good. He was world champ when I met him, so he's very good. He got to be that without pretty much to just him and what he what he taught probably from his father and whatever. And um, he already got to be the interim world champ like that. And so it's like. He shows you that he has all the credentials, all the outside or needed tools to be great. It's just a matter of getting him with somebody who can take him to that next level. When we've spoken to Chris Eubank Jr. over the years, you know, he's spoken about the guy he had in his father's corner and now his corner, Ronnie Davies, over the years, etc. But he's kind of indicated that he hasn't really had anyone there as a trainer as such. He's indicated in fights that he's got in there uh, almost without a trainer in that respect. Why is it different now with you in his corner? 
Because, A, when you're in with a legend, it's like that's not a guy who probably is going to know less than you. That's a guy who's already accomplished what you want to accomplish. So there are plenty of guys that make great coaches that didn't have great boxing careers. There are very few guys that have great boxing careers that make great coaches. When you find one who's a phenomenon like me, a phenomenon like me, it's like, how could you not listen to him? Look what he's done. His track record or his resume speaks for itself. So why, how, you, how would I go about telling Michael Jordan how to play basketball? <laughs> really? So it makes it so much easier when you got somebody who's already walked the walk and talked the talk. Right, would you say in your training situations with Eubank Jr. that he takes on board and listens to everything you say? He listens to a lot. He don't listen to everything, but he listens to a lot. And I think he probably does listen to everything because even when it seems like he's not listening, I'll see him two days or next week, two days later or the next week later, he'll be doing exactly what I was telling him to do that day that it looked like he wasn't really listening. And he just sometimes, like I said, he's one of those guys, he made it a long ways by himself. So sometimes you have to stop him and remind him, today we're probably doing this. Let's do that. And he'll do it. But you do have to stop him and remind him sometimes. But he's not accustomed to that. So you have to slowly, you don't just take him, turn the guy around right, right away. You have to slowly take him and ease him, ease him, ease him around. So he wasn't accustomed to people telling him what to do and stand up and saying, no, 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 no. Do that. Because that's what's going to make you better. But he knows now from seeing it that that's what's going to make him better. Right, when Chris first turned professional, he got um, in his early fights, got a lot of criticism because of his father's involvement uh, in his career. Um, his father kind of took a little bit of a backward step, but end of the day, that's his father. He's got the right to have his involvement in Chris Jr.'s career, surely. Of course, that's why he called me. Because he know that him calling me would have meant more than anybody else because he was a legend of his own in his own right. And he was a great fighter in his own right. So one great fighter calls another and says, look, I'm going to trust you with my son. That's saying an awful lot. That puts a lot of pressure on me too. Because here's a fellow friend of mine from a distance who was in the same business that I was in, who understood that I might have been the master of the business at that time and wants me to now take his kid and take him up another notch, if there's any way possible. So that's a lot of pressure put on me right away. But I'm always up to the challenge, you understand me? So I was ready for it. The fight that people talk about with Chris Eubank Jr. is his loss to Billy Joe Saunders, which is several years ago now. Um, two questions here, Roy. Have you watched the fight with Billy Joe Saunders and how much, if you have done, how much has he improved as a fighter since that fight with Billy Joe Saunders? I watched a little bit of the fight. I didn't watch a lot of it. But he has improved tremendously since that fight. And there were just small things that he could have done in that fight that would have made all the difference in the world. And uh, it's like I know because I sit back and watch guys. I know how to break down fighters. I broke them all down in the nights. I had to. And I knew how to beat them all. So mentally I can break down a fighter better than anybody probably that I know. But it's about having a horse that can carry out the feat that's necessary to beat that other guy. Chris has all the tools necessary. He just has to believe in the way that I tell him and teach him, and he can beat anybody because he's a superb athlete already. You understand me? He just has to understand boxing from a different perspective, and that's what we're working on right now. 
His opponent, Marcus Morrison, has had an up-and-down career. What do you know about Marcus Morrison? How, how much have you seen about Marcus Morrison uh, since this fight was announced with him this Saturday? I haven't seen a lot of him. I look at him more this week because I don't like to focus on the opponent. I like to focus on my guy. And with my guy, if we can do everything necessary to make us the best that we can be, in the last few days, I'll start to look at the opponent because we don't want to make him better than he is. And when you watch a guy for so far out, and you start preparing for that, what if that guy don't show up? What if he comes and brings another tactic to the table? Now you worked on all that stuff for nothing. When had you worked on yourself first, then look at him in the last minute and say, okay, we did all of this, but all we need is this, this, and this. Makes it a lot easier. You understand me? So. Chris comes through this fight Saturday. We know there's potentially a lot of big fights. He's talked about the guy, guys like Jamal Charlo and uh, a Saunders rematch, Canelo, Golovkin, all these kind of guys. But are you confident that he comes through Saturday that he takes any of these guys we're talking about? Of course, of course. See, the thing about it is, here's, here's the beauty of the situation. The beauty of the situation is, back in the day, you wanted Chris Eubank Sr. versus Roy Jones. He was thirsty for that, you understand me? Now you're getting Chris Eubank Jr. trained by Roy Jones Jr. It's still a hell of a thing to hear. You understand me? So who wouldn't want to participate or see the outcome of him being tutored by Roy Jones Jr. fighting against whoever? Because we're going to see, can he adapt to some of the things that Roy Jones Jr. teaches? Can he use those things to collectively earn victory in places that he may have gotten defeat before? We don't know, but we want to try to see. So that's what makes this thing so appealing. It speaks volumes when we hear that you are backing Chris Eubank Jr. from a tr training perspective because we know someone like yourself wouldn't get involved with someone that you didn't 100% believe in. Or nor, nor would I get involved with somebody who didn't 100% listen. So if he wasn't listening to me, I wouldn't waste my time. I don't have time to waste. And I don't need to prove anything. So people told me, oh, he doesn't listen. He doesn't. I haven't seen that, Chris. I mean, he's back in training before the guys that, that he met me through, he beat them back to the gym. So when he leaves, when we have a vacation, he said, okay, I'm going to go here for five days. Five days, Chris is back. So how could I say he doesn't listen or all the things that I heard about him in the past? None of that has been true. This guy's been nothing but a constant professional. He does everything that he can to do what I ask him to do. And it's like, how could you not want to help a guy like that? I think sometimes I think it's fair to say that the relationship between a fighter and the trainer is all down to chemistry because you, otherwise you would just put the best trainer, the best trainer with the best fighter. It doesn't work like that, does it? It works with how your relationship develops and the chemistry you have with that boxer. So if your relationship with Chris Eubank is how you say it is, then that works for you guys. It works for me and it works for him because he understands me. He knows anything he wants to learn how to do. Work and teach you. So it's like, I'm not one of these guys who are limited to just beating hand mitts and doing heavy bags. And no, I don't want that. If you're not thinking when you're in my gym, then you need to get out. Because I raise thinkers. I don't raise brawlers. I raise thinkers that can brawl when they want to. But my first thing is let's beat them with this so that we preserve this. You understand me? If we have to take something against this, then maybe we have to, but that's our last resort. Our first resort is to beat him with this. These being contact, this being the motor. Keep that motor alive. Are you expecting a clinical and brutal performance from Eubank Jr. this weekend? 
I don't know. You know, it's like I'm expecting a clinical performance for sure. Uh, he's always pretty brutal because that's just in his bloodline. <laughs> you understand? So it's like I always tell guys when they come to my gym, all I want to do excuse me, is enhance your DNA. Whatever your DNA is, let's figure out how we enhance that DNA. I'm not trying to make a guy fight like Roy Jones Jr. I'm not trying to make another Roy Jones Jr. I just want to enhance your DNA. This guy is brutal. He has brutality in his DNA. I can't take that out. Now I can try to balance it a little bit, but I can't take it. I can't expect to take it out. I don't want to take it out. I just want to bring the brutality down just a little bit, the brutality down just a little bit, and put a little more knowledge in it so that we become more balanced. Right, how would you describe your relationship with Chris as away from a training situation? How did you get on with him personally? I, we get on fine personally. Um, you know, it's like guys like Chris, you, you understand because you know where he's come from, you know what he's been through. And for me, we don't talk about it much. But, you know, I understand that father-son relationship when it comes to boxing. So we never had to have a conversation about it because we get it. <laughs> I get it. He gets it. His father gets it. So it's a conversation that we didn't have to have. You understand? He told me one thing. He said, listen, you're the trainer. I'm the father. I would never violate your training situation. And I would never violate his father's situation. You understand? That's his father. I'm his trainer. We all three know how to separate the three. And that's just what it is. Roy, how much does Senior, Chris Eubanks Senior, get involved currently with Junior's training and fight situations, etc. How much is he involved now today? He's the businessman. He sets the fights up. He picks the opponents. He does that type of thing. I'm in the gym man. I do the training. My job is to get Chris ready, Chris Junior prepared properly for whatever Chris Senior brings. Okay, um, Roy. I do want to talk about yourself. Obviously. Um, you rolled back the years recently uh, when you took on Mike Tyson. Kind of looking back on that as a reflection, how do you kind of see that that fight now you had with Mike? I mean, it was an exhibition. I mean, it's what it, it's, it is what it was, and uh, it was a great exhibition. It was a great experience. I thought I get did it better, but you know they called a draw. I take that in an exhibition, but uh, Mike's still as strong as ever. Still a phenomenal guy to be in the ring with. Still very difficult to hit because I'm thinking I let. The peekaboo style he got, this should be easy. Not nearly as easy as I thought it should be. But uh, he's very skillful, very crafty, uh, better than a lot of people gave him credit for. Could we expect to possibly see you back in the ring with another former legend, or is that a situation that could arise at any point? Yeah, it could arise. I mean, you got Glenn McCrory saying he wants to fight every day. You got somebody told me Joe Calzaghe wants to fight. You got Nigel Ben who offered me a measly payday to come fight. And I'll fight you for that. Uh, it's a lot of guys, Shannon Briggs, constantly talking about fighting me. You know, why everybody want to beat up on Roy? I'm trying to train these young guys, you know? And they want to ruin my brain. So, I don't know, you know, it may happen, may not. But uh, one thing for sure, I'm still Roy Jones Jr. and I don't duck and dodge nobody. Yeah. You mentioned Nigel Ben there. Obviously, his son Connor Ben is making his waves in in the welterweight division. How much of him have you seen, Roy? Are you impressed with what you've seen? Very impressed with Connor. He's a very good fighter, very strong fighter. A lot like his dad, a lot like Eubank. The apples don't fall far from the trees, so they're both doing a phenomenal job. Uh, very excited for both of them. And you mentioned Glenn McCrory there. We have seen a few videos with Glenn talking about 
stepping into the ring kind of in these exhibition scenarios. Is that a, a potential fight that could happen? In the UK, of course it is. I never had an opportunity to perform in the UK, so if we potentially could come up with the right resources to make it happen, it made sense to me. I would love to perform here once before I die. You understand me? So, and right now with COVID going on, people need excitement. Look how many people are paying to see that Logan Paul guy or Jake Paul, you know, because they have nothing else to do. So people are looking for excitement. Why not? All right, let's ask you about Jake Paul because he gets a lot of criticism and I think Jake Paul is just kind of doing his thing. He's not, people can't, some people don't take to Jake Paul, but he's answered the questions that have been answered so far, but he still continues to get a lot of criticism. But obviously, is there anything wrong in what Jake Paul is doing in boxing at the moment? Who that's doing anything good and positive and making money doesn't get criticism. That's true. I was at the top of my game and I was getting criticism. Who doesn't get criticism? I was on TV telling them to call my house if they want to fight. That's how much I was open to make a fight with anybody. And I still was getting criticism. You can't stop the critics. You understand me? So you let the critics be critics. They criticize Jesus Christ. He died for our sins. They're going to criticize you no matter what you do. You can't worry about criticism. You got to worry about that criticism. Get it while you can. Let them <laughs> criticize. Love that. Absolutely love that. But. I mean, you're, you're, you're completely right in what you're saying. And I suppose if they're not talking about you, then there might be the problem. Yeah, if, you, if they're not talking about you, you're not doing anything. If you don't have them talking about you, criticize you, talking bad about you, then you're not doing anything. You should wake up and talk to God and find out what you need to be doing. Because if they're not criticizing you, something wrong. Absolutely. Just finally, Roy, I do want to ask you about the fight as UK fans and heavyweight fans. We all want to see you've been asked about this time and time again. Who wins? Who wins? Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. Once again, once again, I love both fighters, right? Both fighters have their X's and O's, their goods and their bads, right? For Tyson Fury, if he can make it a boxing match and stay outside and dominate from the outside, he wins the fight. For Joshua, if he stays out and lets him fight about it the way he wants to fight it, he's going to lose the fight. If Joshua wants to win the fight, Joshua has to make it an ugly, rugged fight right away. If he doesn't, then all the genetical advantages that the genetic advantages that Tyson Fury has, along with his boxing brain, will come into play. And it's hard to beat Tyson Fury when you let him get in a fight because he's a very smart fighter. So not only that, he's tall. Most of these guys are used to punching even or down on guys. That's what happened to Klitschko. He's used to fighting down on most people. But he had to fight up against Tyson Fury. Not as strong going up as it is going down. So that's a tactic that everybody has to remember when you're dealing with Tyson Fury. He's up here on just about everybody. Harder to punch that target hard going that way than it is to punch it going that way. Wilder had problems. Why? Can't punch good going that way as he can going that way. So all the advantages lean toward Tyson Fury right now. But if Joshua can up that game, he can make this a really good fight because if he goes at it the right way, because of his athleticism, you have to use what God blessed you with. He's very athletic. You have to figure out how to use that athleticism to make it rough for Fury. If he can't do that, he won't be Fury. If you were a betting man and had to just give a cutthroat prediction of who you believe would edge who, do you side with Fury or do you side with Joshua? I side with Fury because of the experience. 
And the last fight with uh, Andy Reeves didn't really show me a lot on Joshua's part. So I'd have to say I refer right now just because of what he's done, where he's come from. Right, where do you see Deontay Wilder in the heavyweight scene right now? He's been obviously not active since the loss to Tyson Fury and he's been relatively quiet over that period. He's making a, a, a little bit of noise now with some uh, social media posts. But where do you see Wilder fitting in into this heavyweight scene currently? Very difficult because Tyson Fury shows you the blueprint on how to beat him now. So now less gifted guys have a blueprint as to how to go beat him. And it's going to be very tough for him because guys that used, it, used to think that they didn't have a chance, now they know how to make that chance better, how to, how to increase that risk of beating him. And with that being said, he's still going to be at the top of the division because of his power. But anybody who's not afraid of the power or willing to get in there and get close to him, he's going to have a problem. It's interesting because regardless of whether he's been out in the ring, he's still a threat in the heavyweight division. You can't rule out Deontay Wilder. Because of the pressure power. He's always going to be a force. But he hasn't, well, maybe he's out doing that now. But until he ups the inside game and gets away from just the punching power, he's always going to be predictable and beatable. Are you happy in life? I'm always happy in life. I love life. God is awesome. It's good to hear. Roy, I appreciate your time uh, talking to IFL TV tonight. Um, I know it's been a bit, well, how did you find the isolation here, 24 hours in the room? I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. So that's why we asked me how was life. I started to start cussing, but it's all good. <laughs> life could always be worse. Well, you got to make sacrifices too. You understand me? For me to make a sacrifice for Chris, I'll do that. You know, so. Okay, well, I um, appreciate your time again. Have you got anything else you'd like to say, Mr. Jones Jr.? No, I said pretty much all I had to say. Like I said before, I, I, I'm trying to retire from boxing and become a trainer, but if they want to see these hands, they can always get these hands because these hands stay ready, trust me. I can understand why people want to call you out. It's like the, the, thought, the thought of a win over someone like yourself is just incentive in life, isn't it, surely? It's true, but it's like... At the same time, it ain't just going to be that easy. <laughs> you understand me? So don't be calling me out. It ain't going to be that easy. Is it a case of be careful for what you wish for? You better be careful for what you wish for. You just might get it. <laughs> Roy, um, yeah, hope you have a, a good time here in Manchester. And we're going to catch up with Chris once he's out of the isolation okay. this week. So best of luck with Eubank Junior this week, all right? Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast. Sponsored by William Hill in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Sports Social Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.